Good evening and welcome to episode 196 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Howard Kravitz. If you can hear it in my voice, I am pumped. I am stoked. I am excited. It is Breeders' Cup time. I've been waiting a long time. I know you have as well. Pre-entries came out today, and that will be our focus for tonight's show. Thank you very much for joining us. We have a bunch of things we need to talk about. First of all, please make sure you subscribe. We want to raise those subscriptions quite a bit. Bottom right-hand corner of the screen, smash that subscribe button. We greatly appreciate it. Hit that notification bell because we have an incredible amount of content coming out on the podcast in the next seven to eight days. You've got to hit that uh, notification bell so that you know when new content will be coming out. And then, of course, smash that like button as well. I'll tell YouTube it's a great show. We'd really appreciate it. You can see my name tag right, where is it? Right there. hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. And I'm going to be sending out, excuse me, that's uh, my email. My Twitter handle is on my name tag there, h at hkravitz. And on Twitter, I'm going to be sending out a whole bunch of information. Uh, so make sure you follow me on Twitter. Now is a great time to do it. Also, I will be live at the Breeders' Cup next weekend with some pictures and thoughts from the paddock and everything. So please follow me on Twitter. And of course, the bottom of the screen, there you go, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. If you don't have a chance to watch us live uh, these next eight days, especially, you can, of course, we'd love for you to watch the replays on YouTube. But you also, if you're in the car or somewhere where you don't have video access, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Anchor is where you can uh, listen to us. The Power Picks. If you have not bought our Power Picks, now's the time. Most people are selling Power Picks for the Breeders' Cup and Spot Plays. You know, I've seen 50 bucks, 75 bucks, 100 ridiculous. $4. That's it. If you subscribe to the Power Picks, it's a month-long subscription. It costs you $15.99 for the entire month. And the Breeders' Cup, both editions will cost you a total, a total of 4 bucks. I don't know what you're waiting for. We're going to be going through every single race on our power picks, detailed analysis, horizontal plays, vertical plays. All of our, all of my co-hosts uh, will be uh, contributing to the power picks for the Breeders' Cup. It's a fantastic package. Find out below the video player through Patreon how you can sign up for that. And the last thing, actually two quick things before I bring on our hosts. Uh, we have a fantastic website. Check it out, hhhracingpodcast.com. Last thing before I bring on my uh, co-hosts, we have started something new here for the Breeders' Cup. We have a Breeders' Cup Pick 6 syndicate. We are uh, financing for the Pick 6. We are collecting money uh, to bet into the Pick 6. There's two Pick 6s, one Friday, one Saturday. They're dollar bets. If you are interested at all in being involved with a great group of people, viewers, fans of the HHH Racing Podcast, we are putting together a loads of money to bet into the pick six. If you're interested at all, please email me, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. And our uh, co-hosts who are waiting backstage would be interested to know, as of about half an hour ago, we've already collected on day one of the pick six syndicate $3,100 into the kitty for the pick six. So again, my goal is to get to $10,000. I'd love to have a $10,000 uh, bankroll going to those pick sixes. Again, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com, and I will send you information about our pick six syndicate. All right, 
Uh, I want to talk about other podcasts coming up, but I'd be uh, remiss if I did not bring in my wonderful co-hosts in order to do that. So let's bring on my co-host. First, coming back from Disney and from Maryland, we got Pete Visco from the East Coast, the Saratoga Special, Paul Halloran, and my good friend from the Chicago area, the Prince, former Prince of Arlington, Kyle Roscoe. Guys. Can you feel the energy and the vibe that's Breeders' Cup time? Let's go. Yes, What's sir. up, fellas? Let's get it. Pete, how was Disney real quick? It was fantastic. Can never, can't complain about a Disney trip. Oh, happiest place in the world. I know Kyle loves it too. So it, it was awesome. I missed you guys, obviously, and all the, all the fans. I didn't see too much racing, but now I'm ready for the Breeders' Cup. Let's get back into it. We missed you, Pete. It's Pete, I'm still hearing a little bit of sinus still. You still got the sinus? No, no, that's just my, that's just my nasally voice. Apparently, okay. I, think it, I think it's stuck well, now. So this is it. This is what you're gonna hear for the know, rest Kyle's of my got life. Now. Like Donald Duck and and, and um, those guys on speed dial, Kyle. So if you want the four one one on on uh, Pete's trip to Disney, I'm sure Kyle, you just give those guys a call. Right? <laughs> you're right. Exactly. I can uh, can ring up Mickey. I got him as the number one. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Beautiful guys. We got some people uh, commenting already. Uh, we've got. Uh, High Risk is already here. High Risk, thanks to the show. Um, we've got Christine Race on, if you guys saw. Christine, a little bit of a false start. If you guys look at the comments, she came on last night by accident. But, Christine, glad you're here. Very excited. Again, we're going to have a lot of new people here. We've got uh, Roshan. I think I might know who this is, guys. This could be, and I could be totally wrong, but this last name looks familiar because I work – I have a coworker who has the same last name, so – uh, Sobi, if this is you, thanks for uh, checking us out. And Roshan, uh, if you don't know Sobi, and it's just a coincidence, Roshan, thanks to the uh, for joining the show. Oh, he's from New York, guys. So Roshan, no, that is not just same last name. Roshan, thanks for joining the show. Looks like we have a new uh, person. We have a lot of new people, guys, joining us. Very quick, before we do the pre-entries, let's talk about what's upcoming, guys, on the show. Uh, we have a lot of podcasts coming up. I'm going to go full screen right here. So here's the story. A live podcast tomorrow, 5 p.m. Eastern. Guys, this is a must-watch. It's just myself, and Davey Lane is back. We're excited to have Davey Lane back. Fantastic punter, handicapper from the U.K. to talk all about the Euros. So that is an absolute must-watch. Before I, Brady Klotz is here, guys. Brady Klotz and Winning Breads. Brady, thanks for joining the show. Appreciate it. Uh, then next Monday... We're going to start an hour earlier, guys, uh, so we don't bump into Monday Night Football, 7 p.m. Eastern. We're talking about the post-position draw, which happens Monday at 1.30 Eastern. We'll talk about who got the good posts, who got bad posts, etc. Then I'll put you guys back on screen here. Something that you guys don't know, I think, not until now, my co-host. I'm doing a show Sunday night, just a taped show. It's not live, with Marshall Graham and Matt Miller previewing the BCBC contest. That is an absolute must watch for people that are either playing in the BCBC or just interested in live money contests. Check that show. It'll be released on Monday. It is not a live show though. Then we are live Tuesday and Wednesday night for our big blowout shows. Tuesdays, our Friday uh, BC preview with Justin Christine of in the money media and trip. No pros. And then Wednesday, a great guy, Chad Shexnader. He's been on before from the Fairgrounds Racing Podcast will be here Wednesday to preview the Saturday shows. And, of course, guys, we got to mention the Non-Breeders' Cup show, which is going to be awesome. Pete Visco is going to be taking my place and hosting 
uh, the Thursday show tomorrow night, regular time, 8 p.m. Eastern, for a real nice card at Santa Anita uh, this weekend with multiple stakes. Uh, guys, if you will need their Breeders' Cup fix and, and other information, the HHH Racing Podcast is absolutely the place to be, Paul, wouldn't you say? Oh, Howard, I'm ready. I, you know what? I was, uh, I've had a very busy week and I'm trying to get through to Friday. I, I plan on doing very little next week, non-related to the Breeders' Cup. And that includes my quote unquote real job. So <laughs> if any clients need me next week, uh, I'll see you on November 7th. I sort of feel the same way. Um, all right, guys, let's jump in. I think we, 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 we're jump right in. We're going to be on for uh, approximately an hour, guys. We'll end. Matthew Chimura is here. He's Thanks, right. Matthew. What's going the weather's on? Weather's going to be fine. The weather looks like it's going to be fine. It's going to be warm, Kyle. So, Kyle, that. bring bring your uh, your sport coat and shorts. It's going to be uh, close to seventy degrees. Looks like so. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, Tom, I'm gonna I'm gonna need some Breeders' Cup hits for sure. So we better come up with Saturday. some good picks to make up with that one. Yeah, we or Santa Anita. Santa Anita pick five Saturday. Yeah, we need a good payout. Go. Good I, payout. Disney's <laughs> not cheap, is it, Pete? The, the, no, 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 no. No. All right. Well, anyway, we'll we'll get some bankroll for the Breeders' Cup. So, guys, let's get right to it. Breeders' Cup uh, pre-entries came out uh, today at a, at a noon Eastern. Um, I was busy working, but I uh, during a free period, I happened to check them out. And uh, there are a few surprises. There are definitely a few surprises, a few very interesting entries we're going to talk about. Now, for all of you that are watching or perhaps listening, um, not you know live, this is not a handicapping show tonight. Our handicapping shows, again, will be next Tuesday and Wednesday for the Friday and Saturday of Breeders' Cup. We are going to mention a few things, of course, about handicapping. Uh, we have to uh, because uh, it's interesting to see where these horses have a first preference or a second preference, where they're going to go, etc. So, guys, we're going to be touching on each of the 14 races and get your quick thoughts on each one, and we'll go relatively quickly. Um, so let's start. We're going to go in order, by the way, um, of the Breeders' Cup races. So the very first Breeders' Cup race, let me go ahead and bring it on right now. The first Breeders' Cup race is the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint on Friday. Now, guys, I didn't. there is a second page for some of these pre-entries. These are the horses that are in the main body of the field, so to speak. If there are scratches, there are other horses that are not on these lists necessarily that could get in. But just to simplify matters to, uh, tonight, guys, I did not bring up – I'm not going to bring up that second page. Um, we'll just vary it up. Pete, we're going to go with you first. Um, the juvenile sprint has a bunch of euros in it, probably more than I would say uh, normal. Uh, the Platinum Queen is, is going to be a very popular horse for Richard Fahey, who wanted Ascot. Any quick thoughts on what you see here? No, just just from taking a quick look at the PPs too. I I thought this was just an interesting race. It's pretty it's pretty even. There there are some good Euros, but there's some good U.S. horses. We got a Wesley Ward and a in a turf sprint, which is always positive. We got a, a pretty fast Baffert horse and and Tyler's Tribe, who hasn't run on the turf yet, but is a is an awesome story and is going to be a cool horse. So this I think to start off the weekend, this is just an excellent race, and and it came up pretty huge. I think. Paul, quick thoughts? Uh, you mentioned, how it, uh, it seems like there's more Euros than usual. I believe this is only the sixth running of this race, and the U.S. holds a slight three-to-two edge, but the Euros are out in force. Uh, Pete touched on Tyler's Tribe. Great story. Uh, I just think they're right in between. The horse needs to run short, but the short race is on turf. Uh, 
I would love the story, but the horse will be a complete toss for me. I know we're not supposed to handicap, but I want to give people a, a sneak preview of how I'm thinking. No, I, I, that's exactly what I want, Paul. And by the way, I 100% agree with you. Unbelievable story. Hate the horse in this race on Friday. Uh, well, he's just Kyle, not bred for turf, right? Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, he's and fast. The... We know that. Um, but anyway, it's a it's going to be a whole different ball game for that horse on Friday. Kyle, your thoughts as you saw this list? I mean, it's you guys touched on all of it. Just all the Euros coming over. Obviously, it's, we're going to have to get to a lot of studying with all these Euros coming over. I mean, having just Platinum Queen and Persian Force and all these different types of horses that are group placed and group winning over in Europe, it should be a really fascinating race. And as Howard and I love, turf sprints are always great to start off the late pick <laughs> four, six love and it. five. Love it. Well, actually, it's not going to start off the pick six. It's actually because there's five oh, Breeders' Cup juvenile races. Yeah. This will be the start of the pick five and the second leg of the pick six. Uh, that our syndic will be involved in. Again, I don't want to get into detailed handicapping right now. Guys, I will say that there is a lot of speed in this race. I yeah. mean, it should be no surprise they're only five and a half on the turf. You know Tyler's drive is fast, at least in theory. Uh, the Platinum Queen is not slow for a Euro. Uh, she's fast. Persian Force uh, is a speed horse, by the way. Love Reigns for Ward is fast. There, There is a lot of speed in here. Uh, Speedboat Beach, how do I not mention him, um, is very fast. I'm going to... Going to look for a closer, although that's not easy to do going five and a half to Keelan. Paul? Howard, one thing people, and you talk about trying to watch the Euro races and, and Davey will be on, but one thing to consider with these, and not just the sprints, but especially the sprints, is figure out if the Euros have been running on straightaway or around a turn, because there is a difference. They will certainly be running around a left-handed turn on Friday, a week from Friday. And for some, that might be the first time they're doing that. So it's just yet another thing to put into your toolbox. Well, let me let me just let me just add to that. Um, almost all the Euros have only been on the straight, Paul. I mean, they almost never go around a bend at, at a short distance. For the sprint. So, yeah. yeah, for a sprint. So, I mean, almost yeah, all these correct. Euros have been going around a bend for a first time. We'll talk about Davy. Some horses are more agile than others. But, you know, th- that could be a major problem. Um, I'm just going to throw one horse out there, and then we're going to move on. Dramatized um, is the it, the third horse down from the bottom, is the one euro I'm really interested in. Looks a little bit slower on figs, but is a closer, and I think is progressive. So I'm going to throw that name out there. We're going to talk about a lot of these other horses later on. Guys, as we go back full screen, we got to talk about the weather just a little bit. Now, we don't know what's going to happen. It's nine days out. I know Paul just doesn't like talking, but, but, but um, it's going to be warmer. It's been very dry um, in Kentucky in general, which is great. It's been very warm uh, in, in October here. They're supposed to get, a, they are for sure going to get some rain this weekend, not a lot. The rain tends to hold, you know, it gets colder. Obviously, it's not going to dry up. Next week, it looks like it's going to be very good almost the entire week. As of now, maybe some rain Saturday, maybe not. Um, I, I originally, uh, Pete, I was handicapping for maybe off turf, and now I'm really just going to handicap for. Good. I mean, it's not going to be firm, firm. It's Kentucky in November, right? Yeah. I mean, it's never going to be firm, firm, but I, I tend to just handicap unless I, unless it's like the day before or the day of, I tend to handicap for, for fast dirt and, you know, relatively firm turf. And I don't really like to stray too much because I think then you could just throw yourself off your game a little bit, by the way, real quick, we can maybe mention this for each race. The platinum queen right now is sitting as the five to two favorite. We could just mention who the, yeah, the Peter, current favorite is. I do. I have the odds race. up. Yeah. What, so what platinum using, queen is five to two. 
Um, odds checker. So odds checker is the overseas right now. Okay. They're the only ones. I mean, DRF has their own odds as well, but odds checker is one that's actually based on real betting. So we, we tend to use that one. I would also recommend people go to Ladbrokes at L-A-D-B-R-O-K-E-S. It's one of the main betting sites in Europe. Um, they're very good with their euros. They have live betting also. We're not going to bring that up right now, guys. We can talk about this, you know, tomorrow with Davey Lane. Again, if you're listening to this as a replay and you don't have a chance to uh, watch our show, but Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern, Davey Lane, who's an awesome handicapper from the U.K., we're going to be going over in details almost every single euro that's running. So, again, you should check that out uh, if you uh, have a chance for sure. All right, guys, let's go on to the uh, next race as I sort of get things ready here on my screen. The next race we're going to talk about is the Juvenile Phillies. Let me bring that up right now. The Juvenile Phillies, uh, this is, of course, um, going two turns on the dirt. Let me take the banner off here, guys. And uh, Pete Visco, feel free to put any comments up. I got a lot of clicking I have to do yep, uh, go ahead. I got uh, tonight. But the Juvenile Phillies there, you guys see, um, it's going to be a big field. I'm going to go in reverse order. Kyle, there's a bunch of horses that we've seen run in juvenile races. Your first thoughts? I mean, my first thought is it's kind of exactly how I thought of it going to be. Obviously, with um, basically all Americans in this type of race, you kind of get a really good sense of who's going to be in this race leading up to it. I mean, I'm still looking. I'm not going to probably – I'm probably not going to get too cute here. I mean, Wonder Wheel is extremely, extremely interesting. She's really good in her last two starts especially in the Alcibiades at Keeneland beating uh, actually multiple horses that are coming in this race. I mean, like I said, I'm going to, I think this is one of those races where I'm not, I'm going to try to not get too cute. Okay. Uh, Paul. Um, I had wonder wheel last time. I know we're not handicapping, but uh, the horse, I'm not so sure. We'll talk in depth next week, but I think chocolate gelato is going to take a lot of money and speedable. Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, yeah. just a couple of notes on this race. Uh, I have just some, some general stats and uh, without Great. getting into the handicapping, but as Please. people look at, at stats, uh, 31 out of 38 winners have at least one stakes win coming into the race. You know, sometimes you see horses, they win their maiden and then they go into stakes races and don't win. But, 31 out of 38 have a stakes win, and 35 out of 38 have run within 35 days of the race. So that's a fairly significant note. Uh, Pete, your I'm ready, Howard. I am prepared, teacher. <laughs> Professor Howard, I'm ready. It's my time of year. <laughs> Paul, I expected nothing lesser than that. Uh, Pete. Yeah, no, I, I, this is this one. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of right now. I'm completely up in the air on this one. I don't really. I've gone through it a couple times. If you look at the odds, Chocolate Gelato is a sort of a soft favorite at seven to two, and Wonder Wheel second choice nine to two. But I think this is one of those races. So I know Kyle mentioned not getting too cute, but I think this is one of those races where you can at least get a little bit of a price just because I don't expect there to be a big favorite like we're gonna see in probably a, a good portion of some of the other races. Yeah, this this one we've seen this we we've seen this rodeo before in this particular race, guys. Over the years, this this one feels like it could be close to your all button or big time spread. I know it is gonna it's gonna be for me. Uh, there's no question that you know Wonder Wheel's gonna take money. I think Raging Sea is gonna take some money for Chad Brown. Um, a horse I'm interested just you know right now would be Chop Chop. I thought Chop Chop ran very well at Keeneland last time, and that's a horse uh, that I'm gonna take a look at real carefully. But guys. I think most people are going to be spreading here. It's a wide open race. There is some speed. There's some closers. 
there's really no one that's stood out. So uh, this race, uh, Pete, in the past, we've seen some bombs for sure. Yeah, we have seen some bombs. So I think that's why I think this one is one you can you can maybe catch a catch a nice price. And I, I like Chop Chop a little bit as well. And we know Brad Cox last time the Breeders' Cup was at Keeneland. Brad Cox sort of went a little nuts. So, you know, having Chop Chop at a price. And, yeah, that race was funny because I think I had a note in there from from last time where the first, third, and fourth place finishers, they were – they all finished – They basically the speed finished first, third, and fourth, and Chop Chop closed from the clouds mm-hmm. basically. So you see a horse like that close into, the, into a, a soft pace where the speed holds. I sort of like that one too, and I think we can get a – we'll get a price if we, as we get closer. Yeah. Team, Bit, uh, team Bitcoin, who I believe is from Iowa guys. That's the connection with Tyler's drive. I don't know if you guys saw the, uh, I don't mean to backtrack, but what a great story, Paul. I, I tweeted oh, it out. So I'm not, uh, the young, young man, uh, the boy, he's eight years old, Tyler. I'm sorry. I can't remember his last name. What just left the hospital. He had, he had, was undergoing chemo. He had uh, leukemia all clear. Paul, what a great, again, whether you want to bet the horse or not, I put this out. If you can't, root a little bit for Tyler's tribe and Cody's wish that, uh, next weekend. Uh, I don't know. Yes, I was going to say, I'll, I'll be betting a parlay Tyler's tribe into Cody's wish, regardless <laughs> of what they look like on paper. Nah, it's, uh, it's, you it's, mentioned it's... the uh, price, just FYI, in the 38 runnings of this race, the favorites have won exactly half the time, 19 out of 38. Wow. That's a lot yeah. more than I would think. Yeah, well, there have been some, if you think back, there have been some fairly uh, prominent ones, but yes, just an no, FYI. Ab- that, that, that's interesting. Um, I'm going to guess this will be a no on the favorite this year. Uh, but we'll, I would we'll, agree we'll, with you. Yeah, we'll see. All right, guys, let's go to the next race up. The next race up is the Juvenile Phillies Turf. You want to talk about wide open races? Again, mm-hmm. I know a lot of you at home have not handicapped yet. The PPs did come out for the pre-entries. We don't know exactly who's running yet. We also, of course, don't know post positions. But you can start deep diving now at this point. Um, I know... All of our hosts here have already deep dived, uh, you know, a lot of these races. Of course, we've seen these horses run throughout the year. There's the pre-entries. Again, there is a a decent uh, contingent of Euros, although be your best second from the top there for Horatio DePaz is Irish bred, but is obviously an American horse. Phil D'Amato has got Comanche Country, who's been running in California, another European bred horse that has been running here in the States. The only true Europeans would be Meditite, uh, Midnight Mile, uh, Never Ending Story, and Spirit Gal, those four that are towards the bottom. Uh, Pete, we'll go to you here. Uh, this is usually a wide open race. This looks like another one. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's the way I looked at it in, in the first couple of passes. Right now, about five and a half to one. Meditate is the favorite, which again, isn't surprising. Aiden O'Brien bringing a, a pretty solid horse over who's running a couple group one races recently. So I think that would make sense as a favorite, but I do think the race is pretty wide open. I know a couple, you had a uh, pleasant passage. I think last time, right. That one hit. I know G Laurie, we had talked about on the show. So there's a few that ran relatively recently that we talked about either on a handicapping show or on our, our, our review our review shows review. That's not the word I'm looking for, but you know what I mean? On our yeah. Tuesday recap shows is the word recap, I was going yeah. for. Yeah. So I think there's a few of these that we've seen, but I think it is pretty wide open at this point. Another one, maybe if you could beat the euros, maybe you catch a price as well. You know, what I was thinking Pete today is 
and I think we all feel the same way when I say we, I mean Pete, Paul, and Kyle here, is that we don't know how our betting is going to go. I just showed that. Yeah, Pete. Uh, oh, sorry, I missed that. Yeah. That's okay. I, we don't know how our betting weekend's going to go You know, next weekend, but I don't know you guys, because we have this uh, fantastic podcast and we're on every week and we've seen a lot of these horses run probably more than we would have in previous years because of this podcast, I feel very prepared this year. I don't know how it's going to go, but it's just nice, Paul, to see horses in the in the in the pre-entries, even two-year-olds that we've seen run that we've talked about, and you're like, oh yeah, gee, Lori, I remember Pete and I liked that horse, and she got into some trouble because we talked about that horse on the recap show, etc. Paul. Yeah, and I think uh, Comanche Country was in the Santa Anita uh, mandatory pick five giveaway yes. that we talked about. Yeah. Uh, Pete, you mentioned the U.S. as you are on the track. This is the turf race where you could beat the Euros 12 of 14 times U.S. has won this race. Yeah, and the Euros and the generally favorite, take the money, though, right? They generally take some I'll make money it simple, Pete. The U.S. horses 12 of 14. Favorites only two for the last 13. Nice. And Chad Brown, four for the last eight. So a U.S. horse chained, trained by Chad that's not the favorite. Move on. <laughs> Free look right there. Well, I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that, Paul, because – uh, the Americans have done very good in this race in general, as you pointed out. But maybe that's because Chad Brown's had some monsters, right? I mean, go back and look at some of the real nice horses that Chad Brown has had. This is not that kind of year. Chad Brown does agree. He's got he's got a free look in here, but I mean, she's going to be, you know, I'd say at least six to one at yep. in my my guess. So th- this is just not the normal kind of year. You don't see that real good Chad, you know, or maybe that real good other American in this race. Kyle, your first thoughts as we see this. I guess when you only see one Chad, that that's something to point out right away. I mean, 100%. <laughs> anyway, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just... People that are new are like wondering, what's that about? Anyway, we inside had a drinking joke. game. Kyle likes to say joke. 100% a lot, everyone. Go ahead. I'll drink. Inside joke. Inside joke. But... I mean, yeah, Meditate's going to take a lot of money. Being Aiden O'Brien, I'm sure Ryan Moore is going to come over to ride this horse. You already know that that combo is going to take a lot of money. I'm, I'm again, not to get into handicapping, I'm honestly really interested to, in G. Lori. I know we've talked about her a lot, but just to catch a little bit of a, a price and a little bit of a piece in this race, I think she's got a really good shot. And again, not to get into handicapping, but that's one I'll definitely be looking at in this race. Yeah, guys, we can we can talk about it. Um, so so A. O'Brien's got two. Meditate. Who's the Moorline favorite right now, uh, Pete? Can you can you look into that? As a, I'll go ahead yeah, and talk. Well, no, meditate. Meditate is five and a half, eleven to two, basically. Okay. And from there, it's pretty. Delight is six. Pleasant Passage nine. And then mid and then from there on, it's double digits up. Midnight Mile, Chop Chop. Okay. So G. Laurie's sitting at twenty right now, Kyle. But again, just to just for the the listeners, this is the overseas. So some of these horses, the American horses, are going to take more money because the the public in the U.S. actually of is going to know those horses better. Just to to mention that, like these are these are overseas odds right now. They're overseas betting for the most part. So you may see some swings with some of the U.S. horses. Guys, we got a lot of people watching live. Thank you very much for watching the HHH Racing Podcast, especially those of you that are new to the podcast. We have a lot of fantastic shows coming up in the next few days. Check us out on YouTube. Just type HHH Racing Podcast into the search bar and you can see. Guys, I have some information because I've been deep diving already into the Euros. There's a horse called Blue Rose Sen, who I thought would almost be a single in this race. 
who would have been the favorite coming over from Europe, but she got hurt two days ago and she's obviously not running. And the reason why I mention that is for everyone at home, when you look at the PPs, if you see Blue Rose Sen, it's three words, in the PPs, those are live races because Blue Rose Sen was a very uh, live horse in this race that's not running. O'Brien's got two, Meditate and Never Ending Story. We're going to talk about both those horses with Davy Lane uh, tomorrow. You guys already mentioned Pleasant Passage, who I believe, in my opinion, guys, is a very live American in this race. And the last thing I'm going to mention of all the Euros, Midnight Mile. And we're going to show a replay. You guys want to talk about a replay. Midnight Mile, who looks a little bit light on figs, had a very interesting trip and ride last time to win. Do your research on Midnight Mile, one of the Euros. I think she's very interesting in this race. Pete, what's Midnight Mile right now overseas? If you could check Midnight, that out. Actually, that one's sitting at fourth choice at 10 to 1. So that one... You know, it's, it, either they saw that, but the horse is undefeated. The figures, yeah, the, that's <laughs> nice. But yeah, that one's taken a little bit of money. The funny thing too is though, if when you get the when the U.S. betters come, that the trainers obviously when they come overseas are the ones. And and Richard Fahey isn't necessarily as obviously not as known of a name as O'Brien Appleby and some of the right. other ones that come over. So you may you'll still that price should probably hold because uh, it's not going to take yeah. some you know artificial money, I guess. Well, last thing I'm going to mention, then we'll go on to the next race, guys. I mean, Charles Appleby is basically the new Aiden O'Brien. Aiden O'Brien, Paul, I don't know if you have stats. I know Aiden O'Brien is not good in the United States. We talked about him. He's never won a race at Saratoga. Aiden O'Brien used to be very good in these Breeders' Cup races. He's not nearly as good anymore. I think it would be fair to say when, when folks at home are, are handicapping these Euro races, Charles Appleby is absolutely the trainer uh, to look out for the most based on what he's done over the last few years here in the States. Would you not agree, Paul? I agree about, yeah, Appleby, uh, I saw from, with my own eyes at Saratoga when he won the, the two three-year-old races, turf races, day, uh, one on Saturday, one on Sunday. Um, and as far as Aiden, yeah, I'm, I'm looking it up now, but yeah, he has not, his New York, his New York results are really, really poor. Yeah. Um, you know, his Breeders' Cup results would be better than his New York results. You know, you know, I feel about Ryan Moore. I think he's a tremendous <laughs> jockey who comes over here and screws up races on a regular basis. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get, we'll have more on that next week. For sure. Way, we have a lot of people that. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Howard. No, go ahead, Howard. I just got to mention real quick uh, to promote. We had a lot of people that were not on at the very beginning. We've got some uh, great power picks. Look below the video player. There's spot plays. Price plays very inexpensive for the Breeders' Cup. And also, uh, we have a lot of people watching. This is open to the public. If you're involved in getting uh, getting involved in our racing podcast, Pick 6 Syndicate, we are we are bringing money together, collecting money to bet into the Pick 6 on both days. I don't want to get into details now. Email me, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. It's on the bottom of the screen there, and I will send you information. Uh, you can That will be open until... Uh, for a week. It'll be open until the following Wednesday if you want to get involved in the Pick 6 Syndicate. All right, guys, let's go on to the next race. Next race, the Juvenile. Uh, there's a horse that sticks out like a sore thumb. Trained by Mr. Baffert. Cave Rock. Kyle, this horse is going to be, I don't know, three to five, something very low. He's fast. He's very good. There are some other nice horses in here, though, uh, in the Juvenile. No, I mean, like for me, 
I'm the Cave Rock's my most likely winner of the weekend. Just the races he's wow. run compared to everybody else. Wait a minute. Wait, me, wait, 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 yep. wait, 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 wait. I know. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait a minute. Isn't there a horse called Flightline running? There is some that some people say might be the next coming of Secretariat, but I think Cave Rock <laughs> is the most likely winner in this weekend. Wow. Stepping out. Okay. I'm going to step well, out I mean, on that and probably die when he falls back and loses by 10. But that's besides the point. I mean, just the races he's run compared to everyone else. I mean, Howard said he sticks out like a sore thumb. And there are other fat, there are other fast horses in this race. But I, I don't think they're – I really just don't think they're fast enough to run with Cave Rock. I think Cave Rock just runs, wins for fun, and we go home. I think Blazing Sevens – I know Howard is big on this horse. He had him last time at 8.5 to 1 was sitting right next to him actually at that point. But uh, I think that if, you know, people try to chase cave rock, I think blading sevens is one of those horses that can kind of come up and catch a piece behind him. We need to have you comment. Everyone at home, Kyle Roscoe just said that cave rock is a more likely winner than flight line. He might be right. What is you, how do you feel everyone at home? Please comment in the live chat flight line cave rock. Who's team Bitcoin. There you go. Against flight line. There we go. He's against Um, flight. Paul, is this as simple as uh, Cave Rock and move on? I know we're not handicapping, but uh, what's your general thought? Pletcher does have two in this race. Uh, Baffert's got uh, National Treasure is a real nice horse also, um, Paul. If, if Cave Rock wasn't in this race, everyone would be talking about National Treasure probably, right? Yes, I agree, Howard. But other than that, it isn't the deepest field talent-wise you know okay. i you want i want to be inclined to try to beat the two-year-old that's going to be this short of a price but i don't you know i'm going to have to do some more digging i blazing sevens ran very well last time but he, he's gonna he is i think pace dependent in a race like this uh and he's gonna have to jump up i mean you know cave rocks 104 kind of towers over i'm looking at the sheet that is the only triple digit buyer on the page, the pages, I should say. So, but, but, you know, the two-year-olds, uh, he's traveled for the first time. Uh, we, I, I haven't heard anything yet about how we ship. You know, you got to start watching the TVG shows uh, with the morning, you know, with the horses on the track in the morning. Yeah. Uh, is that this Friday or Monday they start? I got to check no, it on starts, that. it uh, starts Saturday, I believe. Saturday? Or it well, could be Friday. That's one thing it's I will Friday be doing Saturday. Every- yeah, well, I will be. I yeah. find that very, uh, very helpful. And the Breeders' Cup yeah. uh, is good enough to put, you know, put the, the saddle cloths on, so you know who the hell yeah. is. <laughs> I find it a little more helpful on on Derby weekend because we sort of know what these horses are to some extent. But I agree, it is helpful. Uh, Pete, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm not too far off from what everybody else is saying. Cave Rock looks like a pretty. He, he looks like a, a pretty big standout in here. Me and you, Howard, our horse Lost Ark jumped in this race, which I wasn't sure he would. He's I sitting at sure he's either. sitting at twenty five to one. So, and he had that. He looks bad on paper in the last race. So if he can get a better trip, because his trip was garbage last time. So if he can get a better trip, that would be one maybe behind cave rock if you're because this is one if if we go to sort of agree with kyle this is one where you're looking at maybe a big cold exacta so you just figure out who your second horse is try and get a price national treasure you get the both efforts they ran one two i always love that angle one two and he ran a nice buyer chasing cave rock so if you can get a cold exacta you know i'll definitely have a little something with lost ark just in case because i don't want to lose money to that horse I agree with you, Pete. And you think that's a replay we're going to be uh, showing the uh, in the uh, 
in the Breeders' Futurity, you bet, because yeah. Lost Ark had a trip. Um, he could he could definitely get second in this race. It's going to be interesting. Uh, Blazing Sevens, just to let everyone know, are we ready for this? Has been outworking Jack Christopher in the morning. Uh, not by a lot, but he's been working with Jack Christopher and looking equally as good in the last work, slightly outworking Jack Christopher. So, again, take that you know for whatever it's worth. I think this might be a cold punch, exact kind of race. I agree with you guys. And I think we're going to see a lot of people in the BCBC uh, with some big doubles into Cave Rock and probably cold punchings of exactas uh, with Cave Rock. Uh, if Cave Rock does not get the rail or the far outside, he's going to be very tough. But, guys, it's a horse race. We've seen crazier things before. Um, and you know someone's going to go after him. By the way, Kyle, and as I switch, um, awesome Strong, the Florida bred. Remember yep. we saw that horse who had a very – ran a slow fig. But, Kyle, if you remember that race, you can talk about it for a second. Awesome Strong's last race was a horrible trip, and he still won. Yeah, and, I mean, you can always argue that in a race like that, you know, it doesn't really have – it's not the type of horses that people like Cave Rock are facing. But, I mean, yeah, if you want to watch a replay, that's another one. Again, very <laughs> slow on the fig standpoint, but yeah. that horse loves being close to the lead and got out super slow, rushed up, and still ended up coming over the top to win. So And he was like four wide again. Mm -hmm. I know we don't want to emphasize handicapping, but, Pete, I think you brought up a good point. And, Paul – we should mention a few things for people to look for going forward because I think, you know, the majority of the public, I don't know if you guys agree, 75% of the public is just now starting to dig really deep into the handicapping. So I think we should, you know, point out these horses. Uh, yeah, if, guys, awesome, if Awesome Strong didn't have, have all that trouble, he might have buyered in the 70s. He, he's, he's got like an 80-some buyer, doesn't he, at some point? He does 80. have an 80. He's got an 80, 80, 79. He has an Listen, I'm not saying he's going to win the damn thing. I'm saying a 30 to 1, he could be an interesting, you know, play underneath. So, anyway, just one. Blazing Sevens, Howard, first time around two turns for whatever it's worth. That has not been a good profile into this race. Only three of the last 13 winners. That, that is a concern. I, I know as well, he's gone a mile. Yeah, but going a mile two turns is not the same yeah. as going a mile one turn. As Jack Christopher would have found out if he had gone in the mile, but now he's going where he should be. In my opinion, anyway. We'll talk about that later. All right, guys. Uh, last race on Friday. Uh, the, this is the Juvenile Turf. Again, you see not a lot of Euros here. You got three Euros. You have Cairo and Victoria Road for Aiden O'Brien. And then the favorite, and I'm sure Pete could mention this because I, I would be shocked if Silver Knot is not, no pun intended, the favorite <laughs> right now overseas for Charles Appleby. The American Horses... Eh, they don't do a lot for me, guys. I would be a bit surprised if an American wins this race. Uh, Pete, your initial thoughts? Yeah, so you, like you mentioned, Silver Knot is currently 7-4 to four in the line, but that's also wow. including a 2-1 to one Platinum Queen who's not actually in the race. Oh, so it's wow. probably going to okay. even be more pronounced by the time they go. But I agree with you. It's hard. This, I think, and, and Paul, I don't know if you'll have the stats, but I, I, I assume this is one where the, the Euros are pretty successful. Nine to six. Nine six. Oh, so it's not too bad. I mean, I actually do think there's a few. There's a few that I liked coming out of their last race. And so I really like Paxa Wallop. So again, I haven't really dug in to know Silver Knot enough to know if I would really just look at him as maybe, you know, a single type of horse or something in this race. 
but I know Paxawallop was a horse that I was just, I like the way that horse is run. I watching the replays last time, I think on our recap show, that was one that we were going to look at. I'm not sure if we talked about it, but I like that yeah. horse. So I, I think this one, it might be a little top heavy though in this race. So it uh, might not be one where you're looking for a big price on top. Everyone watching, we're going to go definitely longer than uh, nine o'clock PM. Of course, please stay with us. We have a lot of race to talk about and, do people need to sleep nine days before the Breeders' Cup? No, you don't need <laughs> no, to sleep. Absolutely not. We're on no time constraint. Um, uh, Paul, yes. Uh, Aiden O'Brien four <laughs> wins in this race. Charlie Appleby three. John Gosden two. Uh, for what for whatever that's worth. And Aiden does have thirteen Breeders' Cup winners. Howard, I wasn't able to fi- figure yeah. out how many starters, but he does have thirteen winners. Um, yeah, you know, again, I think this, and lastly, uh, without getting into individual horses, Pete, another good price race favorites, only three of the last 15. So mm, nice. This is nice. a race. Uh, you, you can get a price and the favorites winning, uh, counts modern games whom if you bet you did not get paid because of the moronic stewards in California. <laughs> How did I know that was going to come up? From Paul in this episode, we never uh, bash Kyle. the stewards on here. No, never. It's never a thing. Kyle, Mister Mister uh, Breakout Weekend next weekend, according to Chris. I know. Ray. Let's hope That's so, the... man. Because I'll be right next to you. I'm sure you'll be happy about that. Let's hope uh, that happens. I I will definitely be happy about it. I can tell you that much. I I mean, look, if if this is going to be a thing where I mean Charlie Appleby without the Platinum Queen, I mean at least he's going to go down to at least even money. And with just looking at the uh, the European market. I mean, with Paul's stats and all that stuff, I mean, you can take it for what it's worth. But I'm, I mean, I might try to beat him. It depends on where I'm going to look. Uh, I have to obviously look at heroes and stuff. This race, no, that's what that's what I said. So I, without the Platinum Queen, it's going to oh, go I'm even sorry. lower. I didn't, my bad. No, my it's bad. okay. Sorry, You're bad. good. So without the Platinum Queen in this race, that, that odds are only going to get lower. So, I mean, shop around, see what you can find in this race. But. Again, I'm always a guy for opinions. If you think Silvernaut's a lock in this race, maybe it is another ice-cold exact to play. But I'd say shop around in this race. Thanks to Matt Miller. Again, Matt Miller, the uh, 2021 BCBC champion, will be uh, on the podcast, not live. But, uh, Matt, thanks for watching. Uh, we appreciate it. Hopefully you get some info and, and crush that BCBC. I'll be, uh, I'll be, I'll be near you uh, during the weekend for sure. Um, guys, real quick on this race, because I have some intel – that I think it's worth mentioning at least right off the start. I did my deep diving into the Euros already to prepare for tomorrow's show with Davey Lane. I I, text, I emailed Davey uh, about 48 hours ago, and the only thing I said in the email was, uh, silver not, bad fave, question mark, and he said yes. So hmm. we are both going to be against silver not for reasons we're going to talk about tomorrow. The, the Aiden O'Brien Victoria Road. Pete, what do we have on Victoria Road right now? If you can look that up for us. Yeah, sure. Victoria Road is sitting at 14 currently. That's the one I'm interested in, guys. We'll talk about it more tomorrow. Uh, again, we're only in details. Paxwell is a nice horse from California, Pete. One of the better California um, California two-year-old turf horses I think we've seen in the last few years. I, I um, The last thing I'll say is Nagarok and Oxymore on that list right there. You see second preference in the juvenile. So they're lined up to go in this race. And sorry, they're second preference to the sprint. Nagarok and Oxymore both have early speed and they're both coming out of sprint races. If they both go, everyone at home, 
that is definitely going to change the complexion of this race from an early uh, pace standpoint. I just want to mention those two horses are speedy early. If they both go and they're different uh, connections, that will definitely add to the pace. Um, any other thoughts, Pete, before we move on? Uh, Pete, uh, Paul, you've got a quick thought. Yeah, I was just going to say I, I, the the figs are light, but and the winner is ran very well last time on this track, on this course. You know, it's only he's only going to have about three, four, well, four weeks, I guess. Um, and you know, Catalano can win in the Breeze Cup. He won the Sprint <laughs> last year, yes, as you as you recall, Howard. Uh, so that'll be a a, a, a horse. And assuming he's going to keep Pratt. That's a horse I'll be taking a look at. That's all. Paul, correct if I'm wrong, though. That was a very fast pace and it did collapse. Is that right? The sprint? Uh, no. The, oh, the, oh, the, the bourbon. The, the bourbon, bourbon I think was, a fast was pace, uh, Yeah, like 45 and 4. And yeah, yeah, 110 and 4. Yeah, it, okay. it, it was it was meant to be one from behind. But, you know, the race before, he might have been uh, sitting too close to the pace. You know, I think that is how this horse wants to run. So if it the race develops like that, you know, we'll sure. talk more next Tuesday, but sure. if the race comes up like that, where it's going to be one from way behind this uh, and uh, 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 Pete, that horse is going to be 20, 25 to one. I bet. No, actually right now it'd probably be like the fifth or sixth choice, 12 to one sitting. Huh? Yeah. You know, that was an impressive run. I think people uh, like that one. So much for my clever idea. <laughs> Wait a minute. And the winner is, is lower odds right now than Victoria road. Yeah, I mean, once that that one's twelve, Victoria Road is fourteen, so they're in the vicinity. I I would. I, where, I where's like, my credit? Where, where, where's my debit card? Okay, you could you uh, could send that bet this way. I'll take the Victoria Road money. That that you know, I'm throwing Aiden O'Brien out of everything. All right, um, guys, there are nine races on Saturday. We're going to talk about them. Uh, you know, about about five six minutes each here at the most. Real quick, this question is for you, Paul. Um, do you tend to bet more on Saturday because Friday are two-year-olds and less predictable? Is it completely dependent on what you see in the PPs? What, what's your general strategy for the weekend in general betting? Do you have one? It's Howard, you're a math teacher. There's nine races on Saturday and there's five on Friday, so I bet more on Saturday. <laughs> okay. Don't overthink this. No, I think it, you know, there's there's it multiple there's it, multiple horizontal sequences on yeah, Saturday yeah, there's more well for my man Paul. You know, it also depends. I mean, you know, frankly, I'm not thrilled having a horse like Flightline anchoring the, the all the picks, the pick sixes, fives, and fours. I was on the phone earlier tonight with my good friend Jim Mazer, who I've mentioned before, who a lot of these stats come from. And you know, if you're playing the horizontals, which I may be, um, you, you know, you want to you have to be able to hit it without flight line. Don't you? I mean, you, he's the likely winner, but if he doesn't win it now, you, you know, you're getting that potential life changing score that, that we all want. Well, Paul, I'm, I'm glad you met. Speaking of Jim Mazur, uh, let me just bring up again. We have a pick. Can you very quickly talk about what a good idea is to be involved in a partnership into a pick six. Now I'm not saying that we're going to, hit for a hundred thousand dollars we we'd love to do it on this show i mean there's no guarantees it's horse racing but obviously the more money you can accumulate and be a shark the better chance you hit the pick six you've got a little syndicate story don't you of your own yeah so in 2016 uh the arrogant carol california chrome year uh we were at mohegan sun with jim mazes progressive handicapping group and uh, the only reason we played the pick six to be honest with you is it carried over on friday even with beholder 
uh, winning in, in one of the greatest Breeders' Cup races of all time. Remember the distaff, that's when the distaff was the anchor race on Friday. Uh, so we went to Jim and said, you know, we, we got to take a shot in the pick six. It's a $2 play. But long story short, uh, about a half dozen of us stayed up uh, on the whatever floor outside the elevator on the 11th floor with a bottle of Bailey's and uh, put the play together and uh, came up with a $6,400 ticket for $2, which would be a $3,200 ticket now. And uh, fortunate to have one of the, I think there were 12 winning tickets uh, worldwide and our syndicate, which had about 20 or 25 people in it. Uh, it, it paid 292,000 for six out of six. So that was, wow. that was okay. And, and uh, the consolations, consolations too, 18 so, yeah. consolations at $800 each. Most of them went to the Mohegan Sun staff who had to stay there till one in the morning, putting tax tickets together. Howard, <laughs> the year before the IRS, Pete, you'll love this. The IRS changed the law the next year, $72,000 worth of takeout that year. Oh, and that hit. One oh. year later. But anyway, I don't want to quit. But anyway, so, hey, it, as I said to you in an email, Howard, Hopefully, it's not a once-in-a-lifetime score, but it was – I'll tell you what was – the money is long gone. And, you know, believe me, I, I had a – our group our group of five had about 25% of it, and then we had – you know, we, we did okay. But to say that you were part of handicapping the winning pick six ticket on Breeders' Cup Saturday, priceless as the MasterCard commercial. Nah. Very cool. And last year, the pick six on Saturday paid over 500000 There was a carryover. Um, Marsh Lorraine in the distaff really pumped up that pick six, if you recall, in that crazy distaff yes. last year. All right, guys, let's go on to Saturday. Saturday's races start with the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Sprint. When I say start, there's actually two races before this race uh, that are not Breeders' Cup races. This is the third race of the day, the first of nine Breeders' Cup races. The Philly Mare Sprint, Kyle, I'll let you go first, but there is a horse in this race uh, that I absolutely love that I'll talk about here in just a few minutes. Yeah, one of Howard's uh, many horse children is in this race, so I'll let yeah. him talk about it. Uh, the one thing that I noticed when going through this for the first time is, I mean, there's a few horses in here that are coming, I mean, granted, depending if they go, they're coming off of two weeks rest. I mean, you have Hot Peppers in this race that just raced um, at, in the, at Keeneland, you have um, Fingal's Cave, who got out, had a horrible trip out of the gate in that race and came up for second. And um, you have uh, Wicked Halo. So you have three horses that are potentially entered in this race that are going to be coming off of two weeks rest going into Breeders' Cup Saturday, which, again, take that as you will. But I know, and I know Kamari is preferenced. In other words, if Kamari goes in this race somehow, that's going to be the horse I'm going to lean on. Oh, Kamari is going to be going in the sprint. She's right. got first preference in the sprint. And also, um, Fingal's Cave is, I think, like fourth or fifth uh, on the AE list. So I don't think she's mm -hmm. going to get in. But your point is taken. There are some horses coming back quick. Paul, what in the hell is Latruska doing this race? You know, it's a it's a fair point, Howard. And, and you know, I, I actually advanced the uh, personal ensign at Saratoga. I spent the morning at uh, Fausto Gutierrez's barn watch the horse work with Jose Ortiz. Fausto is a tremendous guy. Uh, this horse, I will say this, Howard. I, I agree with you that I think the horse's best days are behind her. But 
I don't think she'd have any chance in the mile and an eighth this staff. No, I agree. I'm I not agree saying she's going to win this race, but this is a is a, a more likely spot for her. Having said that, you, you got to gambling wise, you, you just have to, you know, you just have to take assume she's not going to be there. I mean, she's. I I'm sure she's sound. I I, I don't want. I want to make sure everyone home understands yeah, yeah. what I'm saying. I just she's just not running the figure she used to, and it looks like she wants to have babies. I mean, she she she, she doesn't look as interested. She's not nearly as fast. Uh, Pete, other than uh, Latruska cutting back, any any other horses or any surprises? There is a horse coming from Japan, Chain of Love, who um, has had some pretty big races, ran uh, well in Dubai uh, in the spring, although that, that uh, Golden Shaheen wasn't really as strong as it normally is. No, I think the one thing I, when I first looked at this field, I just thought it was a great race. I just think it's a, it's a pretty deep field. Good night. Olive right now is sitting as the favorite at nine to two. So you're getting a, you know, this is one where you're going to, again, if, even if you take the favorite, you're still getting a double digit payout potentially. And I just think it's pretty even Latrusco will take money maybe just for, just for the sake of, of name and, and history. But I just think that there's a bunch of horses in here who are really good. And I mean, you have echo Zulu who's super fast. There's a, somebody mentioned um, Matthew Chamor mentioned there's a lot of speed signed on. I mean, just looking at the, the time form early pace ratings, there's tons. I mean, it's a, it's a Philly and mare sprint. So there's going to be some speed, but I think they're going to be cooking up front. And that's going to, and that's hopefully going to set up for, say, obligatory, some of the other closers, or even just a middle, you know, someone who's just going to be able to sit off that speed. So it's going to be a bit of a Kravitz family reunion next weekend. As Kyle said, there's a bunch of horses that I've bet over the last year or so that have won at prices for me that I'm fans of. Mishriff is one that's going to be running uh, in the turf. Guys, I, if I get any decent price on obligatory, I will be playing very large on her. I just, uh, people already mentioned in the chat. There's a ton of early speed. I think Echo Zulu will be one of the uh, biggest underlays of the entire weekend and a horrible, like, 5-1. to one. I hope she takes a lot of money. I am totally against Echo Zulu. But you're right, Pete. There are a lot of – and these are the best Philly Mare sprinters in the country. It's just – there's so many races this next weekend, guys, where it's just like it's the championship of their division, which is what it's supposed to be. But you, all, you don't always get that. The star power, Paul, next weekend is absolutely off the charts, even much better than even normal. And we haven't even talked about the defending champ, Cece, yes. who if the race sets yeah. up the way you said, uh, uh, I think you're a little zealous in your hatred of Echo Zulu, by the way, okay. just for the record. Uh, and very interestingly, three-year-olds in this race are three for 38. However, they've won three of the last four years. Mm. So – uh, the, the three-year-olds have kind of taken over to a degree. We know in the classic, it's a great angle. And one other thing, when we get to next Monday, and, and I, I have no idea, you know, typically, uh, you know, a post position and a sprint, depending on the size of the field, but the first three post positions, one, two, and three, in the history of this race, only have two wins combined. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. Well, I think Bar of to Gold know. was like the 11 when she upset. I believe Bar of Gold was like a wide... And who won this race? Who won this race twice? Groupie 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 Dow was a great horse. You definitely want to be, if you're a speed horse, if if you like Echo Zulu, for example, you want to be drawn to the outside. You do not want to be stuck on the inside for sure. I think if you're a closer, it probably doesn't matter as much. But uh, that's going to be a great race. It's very, probably the most competitive race, Pete, of the weekend, can we say? 
from I think it's up there. Yeah, no, I think it's up there from an odd standpoint. I do think yeah. in some years we've had standouts. We've had like that standout speed horse. Like we had Gamine a couple of years ago. We've had some where the, the horse just goes and, and runs away with it. But I think this one, there's enough speed where that's not going to happen unless they let someone go. But that usually doesn't happen in the Breeders' Cup. And I do think there's not a superstar, at least from what we've seen so far. So, yeah. and it's a big field. A lot of sometimes, and I haven't looked at it, so hopefully this isn't the wrong statement, but I always feel like this race doesn't come up that deep in terms of the number of entries. And now we have a nice, pretty big field, bunch of speed, good closers. I think this is going to be one of the more interesting ones of the weekend, which is funny because it doesn't have like the name horse aside from the Trusco, who's probably in the, in a race he shouldn't be in. Yeah. Um, all right. Next race, guys, you want to talk about superstar power. Let's go to the Breeders' Cup uh, turf sprint. There's really two superstars. Just one as an American batter and handicapper, people might not be overly familiar with, but there is a Euro coming in, guys. That is a serious, serious threat, at least in my opinion, to Golden Pals. We see the field right there. Uh, Pete, we're going to start with you in this race. I mean, obviously, Golden Pal, what are you going to say? I mean, Wesley Ward has said this is the best horse he's ever trained. He's going to be the favorite. I'm not sure how low. Um, he just breaks incredibly fast. I guess the real question is, are the Euros going to be fast enough to go with him is really the main question. Yeah, and that's unfortunately, you're not going to know that because you just don't know with them. So you're not going to know until, and we always say when he breaks out of the gate and he's all of a sudden, he's three lengths ahead and they, they've gone like 20 yards, it seems like, and he's already so far ahead that, then you know the race is over and you're pissed if you bet against them. Like last year. Last year, I think he was a hot choice to bet against. And as soon as he broke from the gate, you're like, I might as well rip that ticket up because he's just going to run around the track. I do think this field came up good. And any other year, I think it would be really competitive. And if Golden Powell gets some heat or doesn't break, then I think this is a pretty fun race. Again, I don't know enough about Highfield Princess in terms of whether coming here is the break going to be enough to keep up with a horse like Golden Pal. Paul, do you think there's a better chance? If, if Golden Pal loses, let's just say, do you think it's going to be because Golden Pal doesn't break well enough for some reason or because there's just something that just goes after him early? Uh, probably a, I think on, as Kyle mentioned, I think on a clear lead, uh, would be tough. And that's one of the issues with the euros, you know, the euros who tend to dominate the turf races don't dominate this one, one for 16. Okay. And one of the reasons is, you know, the, the style over there, even in turf sprints, you know, it's not this hell bent, get to the lead, no matter what. So in a race like this, you know, you get five lengths back on the turn and there's going to be traffic because there's a full field of 14, right? You know, uh, you're going to need some luck. I believe this is the most competitive race. You asked about the Philly and Mass Sprint. I think this is the toughest race of the weekend with that crew you have in the stream. I really? Yep. So so uh, I, you've been a bit – Yeah, I, a, I'm not uh, – You've been negative not, to Golden Pal for a while, for fair to say so. Uh, I want to yeah. point that out, Paul, because if Golden Powell loses, you should take some credit. You've been saying for several – actually, last like two months, you're a bit against the source. Yeah, and I and I just think, again, as as Pete said, you know, the host can run around and, you know, make me look stupid. That that won't be breaking news on any channel if I look <laughs> stupid. But, you know, for the price he's going to be, and I think he will, although, uh, you know, 
the Highfield Princess will mitigate that somewhat. That this is a serious, serious, serious uh, Philly. This uh, yeah, uh, Highfield uh, uh, Philly Colt. No Philly, yeah. Philly. You're right. Yeah, Philly right. running against uh, the boys. Kyle, we're gonna um, talk about this. We're yeah. gonna talk about this with uh, with Davy Lane. There's a horse he really likes in this race, and we haven't even mentioned this horse's name yet. Uh, and I'm not, I don't want to. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll he'll tout. Uh, tomorrow. Uh, it, it, it's a Euro, though. Uh, what's your thought here, Kyle? I mean, it's it's just kind of everyone's kind of touched on it. For me, I'm agreeing with Paul. It's just it's a matter of I think Golden Powell loses if somehow he just doesn't break like a rocket like he always does. He loves the he's he loves Keeneland. He loves to basically just run around and drag everyone with him. That's just, that's always how he runs. Granted, you know, people always say I know, you know, his races this year have not been to the caliber that he has run before. But for me, it's if this horse breaks out of the gate perfectly well, like he always does at Keeneland, I, I don't see it. I don't I, like Highfield princess is realistically the only horse for me. There's a lot of interesting horses. I mean, Campanelle hasn't been uh, mentioned yet. And you know, she's, he's not a bad horse by any means, but it's a fast enough to run with the Highfield princesses. She, and Golden there Pals. we go. Deep. She, I, I did the, uh, that, I did that's the oh, they're mixing them up now. Yeah. That's not they, fair. Huh? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'll just real quick. Naval Crown's got speed for Appleby on the bottom of the screen there. Mm-hmm. Na- yeah. Naval Crown's fast early. Maybe not going pal fast, but fast. Like if you watch these uh, replays, uh, a Creative Force is a fast horse. These are some very nice zeros, and it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens. I-, I think the better Americans are the ones that can close like a Campanelle or maybe a Casa Creed, who we haven't talked about yet, who's turning back. Um, I, Golden Powell's a likely winner, but guys, you know me in turf sprints. I would not, like, bet the whole house on Golden Powell. I just think this is a tough race, and Glass Slippers won last, you know, uh, a few years ago there, and, and so Euros can win this race. Uh, Glass Slippers did it at Keeneland. So, anyway, guys, it's going to be interesting to see. And Golden Powell, I don't know if you guys know, do you know where Golden Powell's headed next after this race? Yeah, the breeding breeding. shed. No. No, actually not. Pegasus? No. No. They're going to Australia. Oh, that's right. Yes. They want to to increase their breeding, and they're going to that really fast race. Um, I think it's at Flamborough. Not Flamborough. Flemington. No, that's the hottest track in the U.S. Yeah, I know. They're they're going to Flemington. I think it's Flemington against that... uh, Gosh, who's that really good Australian that 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 won at uh, Ascot? That uh, ah, darn it, that's very just ele- lost. Very Ooh. elegant. Very elegant. No, if anyone knows in the chat, the really really good turf sprinter in Australia that actually beat Golden Pal overseas and actually just got upset last month. Anyway, but that's where they're nature's go, trip. Mostly. You're talking about nature's there, trip. Thank you. Yeah, 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 there you go. I just saw, uh, t- sorry, just real quick. I saw a Blood Horse article today that they were retiring him after the Breeders' Cup. Is oh, are they? Okay, anymore? maybe things have changed. I could be wrong. Uh, I just, I, I just... thought they were going to be going to Australia. I could be wrong. Look at us right, today. Three people in the chat said Nature's yep. Trip. Our viewers are paying attention and they, yeah, are, they are like we're bringing it. A plus, there A plus. Go. Guys, I've only looked at like 200 names the last like 48 hours. I'm a little bit, uh, you know, going nuts here. All right, guys, let's get to the next race. Next race. This is a race that uh, some people wish doesn't even exist. I really don't know why. I just sort of like this race. To me, this race is fun. It's the Dirt Mile. Now, you see a lot of horses that are listed at, you know, second preference. So, again, 
Uh, the one big name on here, college, you started is Jack Christopher. Uh, in terms, when I say big name, they're all big names, but the one that will affect this race and the sprint. Jack Christopher, uh, Chad Brown intends to go to the sprint. Are you surprised? What's your thoughts? No, I mean, I've been with you. I think this horse matches up a lot better. And just being that this race is two turns, and I've said it before, like with the Haskell, I don't think he ran a bad Haskell at all. I just think the down mile and an eighth of the Haskell caught up with him. So I don't see that the two turns will be necessarily a problem. But I think in a little bit, granted, there's Jackie's Warrior in the sprint, but it's, I think it's a little bit, it comes up a little bit softer than this race that has a lot of different players in it. I think Jess Christopher is a lot more prepared for the sprint than this race on i mean i i love the story and i I actually really think cody's wish is a significant significant player in this race and that's where i'll be trying to see where that price goes come the first saturday in november paul kyle i love you but i could not disagree with you more on that assessment i think jack christopher in this race other than cody's wish I think Jack Christopher is a layover in this race if he runs. He's even money in a million-dollar race, 600000 take it to the bank, go home. Now, the sprint is worth $2 million, so I get it, okay? Mm-hmm. But do I think Jack Christopher has a better chance of this race than beating Jackie's Warrior? Absolutely. At six furlongs? Absolutely. Now, I think he's a formidable in either race, by the way. And I agree with you, Kyle. The Haskell is really not a bad race. You know, he was he was doing all the running, as they say, in the Haskell, okay? And, uh, you know, he was just sitting sitting right on a 109 and 4 for going a mile and an eight. But, you know, again, I have no qualms about what race he goes to. I think he's a much more likely winner of this race. Um, with I, I'm sort of with Kyle Moore on this one. I think this race, I, I like Jack Christopher in either race, most likely, but I like him more in the sprint than I do in this one. I think I like Gun Knight. I like Cody's Wish. I like Cyberknife. I like Laurel River. I think this race came up strong. Again, I think people, like you said, people hate this race because it doesn't feel like a championship kind of race like there's not a a champion division of the dirt mile so people don't like it as much but I, I always like it too and I think this this addition came up as one of the better ones I can remember a lot of times we have a single horse like last year we had life is good we've had Liam's map we've had some good single horses who've run in this race and dominated but I think this one is actually just a really good race I don't care if it's not for a championship it just came up as a good race and if you throw Jack Christopher out of it I think it come up pretty strong. Cody's wish right now, by the way, Paul, Cody or Kyle, Cody's wish is actually the favorite 10 to three. I assume that's because Jack Christopher is probably leaning. They have Jack Christopher as seven to two second choice. I assume that was because maybe the horse was leaning out, but right now Cody's wish is the favorite on paper. And I assume will probably be the favorite on race day. Guys, this is a weird race to me because there's a bunch of horses that ran big last time at big prices. Someone mentioned uh, in the chat, Kevin B mentioned simplification who ran big in the Pennsylvania Derby. You've got a horse like um, law professor who, who gave life is good. A little bit of a scare. At least you got a horse like slow down Andy who ran huge out West in a race where he was a big price. This is a, this is a tricky race guys. Um, I don't have any real strong opinions other than I think it's pretty much wide open. And I just want to mention the, the Jack Christopher thing. Uh, Paul, I love you, sir, but 
but I disagree with you because to me, the sprint is, is a two horse race. And here, I think there are a lot of horses, like Pete said, that if they step up, could beat Jack Christopher as opposed to the sprint, where realistically only Jackie's warrior, in my opinion, can win. So it's a real tough call because that horse is like an in-between type, Jack Christopher. But um, this is an interesting race. By the way, last trivia question. Who won this race at Keeneland when it was run last time? Oh. I was going to say who won the first one. That's my trivia nope. question. Who won, who won the Dirt Mile at Keeneland last time it was run? Because Pete rattled off a few horses. He didn't mention maybe the best horse on that list that he didn't mention. Liam's map. Nick's go. Oh, yes, Nick's right. go. Yeah. Actually, this has been and a Nick's this go has been like a... forty. Nick's go at like forty-four and four. You guys remember that race? Like crazy. Oh, yeah. I, I was against him because I remember the race. I'm like, oh, it's gonna fall apart. It's gonna fall apart. No, Nick's go ran like a hole in the wind that day. Anyone know who won the first one at Monmouth Park in 2007? Ooh. And and what state owned by uh, owners from what state? That's a put it in the chat. Who won the first Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile? And don't look it up, everyone. It was on Friday. It was on Friday in the rain at Monmouth. The state, the, the state has to be New York or else Paul wouldn't be mentioning it, right? No. Don't be so sure, Pete. I have no okay. Idea. Don't be so sure. Not where no he was bred, where the owners were from. Okay. Okay. I, I don't know. Good, good, good We'll question. see the chat. Oh, Matt Chamora right away. Corinthian, owned by oh, Centennial Farms of Ipswich, Massachusetts. Ah, Massachusetts. Wow. That's, that should have been the go, second choice. Wow. That's pretty cool, actually. Okay. Um, I, I had Tamacruz when he won. I remember that very well. Uh, I've not been good in the dirt mile. I'll just say that right now. That is a race that I've struggled with. Um, all right, guys, the next race that I'm trying to get up here on my screen that you guys don't see is the sprint. No, it's the, actually it's the turf mile. Give me Philly one second. And turf. No, Philly and Mare turf should be next. Oh, I'm, oh, it is the Philly and Mare turf. I'm sorry. Yep. Hold on a second. Oh, there it is. My bad. Okay. Um, all right. Philly and Mare Turf. Um, this race, wow. This this race is going to be fun, guys. Uh, very fun. Um, we've got, let's see. Up, oh, Yeah, we got we got to bring Kyle back on there. A little technical issues. Thanks, Kyle, for that. Um, Philly and Mare Sprint. Or, sorry, Turf, excuse me. Um, we'll get Paul go first. Uh, actually, yeah, well, Paul will go first here. Uh, again, a lot of Euros. A lot of interesting entrants. You got Chad Brown. has got, what, one, two three in there. Aiden O'Brien's got uh, two. Uh, let's see. Uh, Atfield's got one. D'Amato, Joseph O'Brien. Um, none from Appleby. No, none, no Applebee's here. Interesting race, Paul. It, it is an interesting race, Howard, and it's some interesting stats on it, too. Uh, one, one thing I will look at, and I'll see if he's in here above the curve, isn't three-year-olds have fared very poorly. The U.S. three-year-olds are 0 for 32. And the Euro three-year-olds are six for 50. So it's a race not for three-year-olds, at least on paper. Chad uh, Chad Brown has won four of the last nine. Howard, I think there's a misprint on the bottom of the screen right now. It says that the blog that costs $16 still costs six. It's still $16 with all the Breeders' Cup stuff. That's got to be a mistake. No. It is sixteen dollars. <laughs> no, that's, Who the hell is running this right, business? The the minute the minute anyone subscribes to the Power Picks, it's it's thirty days. You get a full month, including of course the Breeders' Cup, two editions, and you know sixteen divided by four. I'm I'm my math skills are ah uh, you know uh that's four bucks. 
It's four bucks it's for all the. If there was a board of if there was a board of directors, Howard, you'd be fired. This is why we need. This is why we don't get a raise, Paul. I'm a generous. Yeah, well, listen, I'm a generous guy. All right, well, listen, we got to take care of the people out there, Paul. We're taking names and numbers of people who don't subscribe, and we're coming to your house. Anyway, euros euros are tough. As I said, not the three year olds, but ten out of twenty five. And Chad has won uh, the last four of the last nine. Uh, it's it's interesting. We'll talk about individual horses next Wednesday, Howard. But it seems like the buzz horse is in Italian, who people were trying to beat the last two times and uh, did not. Uh, there you go, Team Bitcoin. Uh, did not uh, fare that well in trying to beat her. Uh, I think the wild card horse here uh, is Moira, right? The horse who had the really tough trip at Woodbine last time. Interesting. Pete? Uh, you know, I love in Italian. That's my horse. I know I know Howard's against her because of his, his bias against us Italians that we mention yes. every week. But <laughs> absolutely the, I, I I like that I actually do like it Italian. I mean, I think she can just get on the lead and she's been she's been tough to catch. So we're gonna see if she can do that. Moira, I, Moira to me maybe is a little bit better on the on the synth, but you know, she's just really good. So I, I thought this race was another one that just came up. Super even, super strong. Nasha was tough, obviously, and is the favorite two to one right now. The odds that I'm seeing have Warlike Goddess included, so they're a little bit skewed as the second choice. But Nashua two to one, so I assume will be even a bigger favorite come race day. Um, Kyle, I think we can. Kyle, have we talked about this race? Sorry. No, you're good. And. Like I said, I've, I've been with Howard. I've, I don't have, I'm Italian. I don't have a bias, but I have been against her twice now <laughs> and she's destroyed my heart every single time. I mean, she's a, she's very talented. She's getting hot at the right time. Nash was that, uh, the Euro that's getting all the talk. Um, I mean, and we're failing to talk about, uh, I mean, Rougier had a really, really nice race last time at Woodbine. And I mean, she's going to take a lot of money. So wherever you land on that, I mean, that can definitely be a turn, uh, point to take. Um, I got thrown off, guys, because actually, just to let everyone know, this race is actually before the dirt mile. That's what sort of screwed me up. So just to let everyone know on Saturday, this race actually is before the dirt mile. It's not a big deal. We'll talk about it uh, next week. But uh, anyway. That's, that's not what I'm seeing, by the way. Nope. I don't, I, in the PPs, the, the fifth race is the dirt mile. The sixth is the Philly Ameriturf. Yeah. Oh, so I'm, that's I'm right. looking at the DRFPPs right okay. now. Yeah, so I was looking. I okay, I'm looking at a sheet that's different. Okay, I apologize. Yeah, big week, Howard. Uh, you got to be. Come on, it's a big week. You got to sharpen up, sharpen race. up, come my on, man, sharpen up. Do you guys have any? Uh, forget it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> any idea what I've been doing the last like 72 hours? Um, okay, guys. Here's my quick thoughts. First of all, there's a few euros that are in here that I didn't think would be going uh, via Sestina toy. Tuesday. I've got to do a little more research uh, tonight. We're going to hear more from Davy Lane uh, tomorrow. But uh, Dream Loper is a nice horse from Europe that has first preference in the mile. I was interested in Italian until I saw horses like Above the Curve and Nashua have like tactical speed. And the only way I can see, and again, we're in handicapping, but I don't think an Italian is going to be loose. Is I guess what I'm trying to say, guys. So this is a very interesting race. Rougier, by the way, who a few people mentioned in the chat, huh. is a horse that our friend Matt Bernier has mentioned as maybe his long shot of the entire weekend. Perhaps she's getting into form. Last thing I'm going to say, we can poo-poo the weather forecast, but I know for a fact there are several horses in this race, guys, that are very dependent on the turf. 
There are a few horses in this race, like above the curve and Nashua, who absolutely want it soft. I'm not saying they can't run on firm. I'm just saying they're better on softer ground. So you have to pay attention to the weather next weekend because some of these horses absolutely move up. And the last thing I'll say, Pete, and you can expound on this, not every Euro wants firm, okay? And not every Euro runs great on soft. I mean, yes, they train over softer, they run over softer. But, Pete, we see a plenty of turf horses from Europe that are coming here for one reason, and that's to get firm turf. Yeah, I mean, you just don't really know, honestly, unfortunately, until they go. I mean, you could, because they're, they're generally never running on the same firm style turf over overseas that we would see here. So you don't yeah. really know, even if it says somewhat firm there. Then it's, this is funny because that's why in some of these turf races, you'll see why another horse jumps up that maybe is unexpected because that horse takes to the firm course even more than some of the others do who are maybe a little more highly regarded. So they come over, they love the surface, they jump up, maybe their form didn't look as great overseas, and you get a price on them. It's just hard to pinpoint when that's going to happen. So you either have to take a shot and say, I'm just going to play a bunch of the Euros, or you just – you know, you may you take a stab in the dark, maybe by the connections and stuff and look at sort of past past history and past success. But I think, unfortunately, you don't really find out until the race happens. Yeah. Uh, what race do you guys have next? The distaff for the mile. I don't want to screw this up for everyone at home. Uh, next is the, the sprint, sprint, actually, is the sprint is next. OK, we'll, we'll bring it up. Um, guys, as I bring up the sprint uh, here, it is here. As I bring it up, Kyle, I'll let you go first here. Huge addition with Jack Christopher. Uh, I am jacked for this race, Kyle. Are you jacked <laughs> up for this race? Yeah, is it one of the jacks, Kyle, and move on probably? Is that what you think after seeing the entries? I mean, for me, it's. I feel like a lot of people are going to swing that way, but I'm on my boat. It just depends on who you think. I mean, like I said, Jackie's Warrior, you know where Jackie Warrior is going to be. Granted, he can't sit off, but you know where he's going to be towards the front. Kamari, I I still, I mean, granted, it's probably going to be one of the two jacks. I'm still not fully sold that Kamari is going to be completely out of it in this race. Whether he classes up to both Jackie's Warrior and Jack Christopher is definitely a question to be answered. But, I mean, it is a chic. I did it again. (laughs) Drink. Yeah, I know. Again, Paul, they're switching it up on us. I can't do this. Too many. But, again, I don't think she's very much out of this race for a piece, I will say. Not so much to win. Guys, how about Kevin B uh, throwing it out? Jack Christopher all in. Wow. And I like that. That's Pete fair. Disco. Pete, I'll let you talk first. You, you love this horse, don't you? I really like Jack Christopher. I do think, and, and the one thing you like about Jack Christopher is obviously the cutback he's shown. He can go a little bit longer. He could sprint, but he's not a need the lead type. So he's not going to get into a suicidal speed duel with Jackie's Warrior. The only concern would be, is there enough speed? Is there is there other good speed that can yeah. test Jackie's warrior? Or is Jack Christopher going to have to do too much down the lane? But I think if there is a little bit of speed, I think it's going to be fun watching those two. I actually like Jack Christopher over Kamari and toss Jackie's warrior if that horse hooks up. And then maybe that's how you catch the price. So I'm with you a little bit, Kyle. I like Kamari underneath and, and hopefully we can get the get the favorite out and we can hit a nice exacta there. Well, Paul, you wanted Jack Christopher in the mile. How do you feel about him here? I feel like I'm going to get a better price on Jackie's Warrior, who's going to win the race. Paul, so I said I love you before. Now I really love you. I agree. And by the way, someone else who I'm not going to mention that we all know very well, 
absolutely agrees with you 1,000%. He was ecstatic when he saw Jack Christopher in this race for that exact reason, Paul. Well, again, the one thing, let me tell you why Jackie's Warrior won't lose this race. Do not think that because he, not she, he got run by in the stretch at Saratoga last time that he's going to lose this race. Different track, more importantly, different distance. Okay, I was talking to Jim about this earlier tonight. Well, it's only a furlong. It's a big furlong. Okay, it's it's sixteen percent of whatever Howard. You do the math, Howard. You got to do some. Is the furlong teaching. at Keelan longer than the furlong at Saratoga? You got to do some teaching this week, Howard. So do the math <laughs> on that. Wow. Um, okay. And 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 pipeline is in this race uh, with a preference, I believe, for this. No, first pipeline has mile. first preference in the dirt mile. Yeah. Okay. Pipeline is the is the horse who really pressured Jackie's Warrior last time. Yeah. Jackie's Warrior ran a career almost a career best buyer in that defeat last time. Cody's wish is the favorite in that other race. So I see no problem. Now, look at I'm not here to talk against Jack Christopher. Uh, I am it'd be interesting to see who the favorite's gonna be in the race because the favorite's only three out of the last twenty one in this race. And I think it I guess it'll be Jackie's Warrior, but I don't know what you guys think. I mean, Jack Christopher's going to take a lot of money, isn't he? Uh, yeah, Jackie's Warrior will be four to five, Jack Christopher two to one. That's my prediction. Mm. I, I, Jackie's Warrior has to be the favorite in this race. Yeah, Guys, we talked about this race actually for a while. Uh, the sprinters this year are just not good. Let, let's just call it like it is. This is a weak division. It is so, It's cool to see... Obesos, my buddy from last year <clears throat> in the race, uh, who's actually turned into a decent sprinter. Excuse me. And um, also, uh, Loha West, who I didn't think would actually make the race. Last year's BC champ is here. But, guys, this is just a weak race. Not a lot of early speed. To me, I the only way Jackie's Warrior loses is two reasons. One, if he gets the rail, that would not be good. And two, if he just doesn't break well. If he breaks well and has a post outside of the three-hole, I think he's three to five to win this race. I just – I like Jack Christopher. I just think Jackie's Warrior is much better. Final thoughts, Pete? Well, I disagree. I'll go the other way. I like Jack Christopher, and I and I hope – but, I mean, I'm not going to lose – I'm not going to lose – I'm not going to lose a ticket if Jackie's Warrior wins, most likely. I'm going to have Jackie's Warrior. I don't think it's a, it's a lock by any means, just because anytime you have – the, the speed of the speed in the race, you can't discount that horse. And there isn't yeah. enough speed. There's not guaranteed reliable speed to go against Jackie's Warrior in this race. That's the only thing that's, that's thing. a little yeah. disappointing if you're a Jack Christopher fan. Uh, next race, guys. If you guys have to help me. I'm sorry for asking that. But... Mile. Okay. Uh, the turf mile. Um, this is one of my favorite races every year because – the turn of foot that these Euros show is just something we don't see, guys, on a regular basis. And it's just really a cool race. I'm a big fan of this race. This year is going to be a real nice race, as usual. Uh, there are some decent Americans. Annapolis is up and coming for Pletcher one last time. The big name, though, and, and uh, uh, Pete, we're going to start with you here. How about domestic spending for Chad Brown, the best American horse really probably in the last – 16 months i i would oh, actually two years of course he hasn't run in a year you've got to believe that this horse is ready to go there's no possible way that chad brown is going to embarrass himself or risk the horse getting injured 
I think domestic spending is absolutely fascinating in here. And you know you're going to get a decent price. There are some very good Euros. Of course, Modern Games is in here, although he did lose last time. This, this is a fun race. Domestic spending is the winner. That's my top choice. Wow. Whoa. So I'm, I'm going domestic spending. He's one of my favorite horses. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to trust in Chad that he's bringing him back fit. And I think he could out kick modern games. Cause there is, there is some speed in here. And then yeah. hopefully if that speed does come yeah, smooth, like straight Annapolis has a little bit of speed beyond brilliant is nothing but speed. Yeah. So there is some speed in here. And I think domestic spending, if right, can maybe outkick modern games. So that's what where price I'm going. You're getting Pete. What, what is the domestic spending right now? Uh, he is tracker? he is sitting at sixteen to one, but that's with that's with a bunch of horses ahead okay. of him that didn't come over. So I'd there's say, a bunch of I'm euros say, that didn't uh, come. I'm gonna say eight to one on the day yeah i, I would yeah one. i don't think you're getting double digits on this horse no, just because i don't think, people, think you're getting eight to one i know i would you could I'm, be right I, paul you could be right paul six this horse will take money six, go ahead paul. maybe go ahead talk go about ahead, race, paul. Paul. well i think it's interesting i think what happened here is if, if you put chad brown up to a uh in the truth serum you know he brought him back at saratoga for the first time uh, on the oklahoma september 11th and, and I just think this, this horse literally worked himself into this race. Uh, I don't think Chad started working him on September 11th thinking I'm getting him ready for the mile. But the way he worked right out of the chute, you know, he went three furlongs, four furlongs, four, five, 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 three bullets out of those uh, six works. He'll probably he'll have one more this weekend. So, you know, the, the horse is formidable with, without question. But, you know, had the horse been campaigning all year, it certainly more likely would have, we would have seen him in the turf, right? I, I think that's fair to say. But yeah. it really does add a lot to the race. Um, oddly enough, Howard, the U.S. has won this race more often than Euros, which people probably would, would maybe think the opposite. 22 to 16, nine out of the last 13. Wow. Uh, and this is the race you don't want, Mr. O'Brien. One for 29. Uh, and I don't even know who he has, if he has anyone. I have He's a got a Australia. Again. <laughs> yeah, well, that yeah, right. Um, um, so, yeah, I, I think domestic spending adds a lot of intrigue. I mean, I'm inclined to try to beat him. I, I kind of think he's going to take more money than you guys think, but we'll, we'll find out. Kyle, real quick, your thoughts? I think that's completely fair. I mean, you got the big name, I believe, who's probably the favorite in the Euro markets is Ken Ross, I would assume. Right, Pete? Yeah, the Ken Ross is three to one right now, but that's with well, three to one in modern games are three, so they're they're okay. co-favorites. Okay. But again, there's also they could be lower because the next three are all wait wait oh no two of the next three aren't in the race, so right. the, the odds are a little bit skewed. I mean, yeah, I think Ken Ross is just the top year. He's the one that's going to get a lot of buzz coming off two back-to-back Group One wins over in France and Ascot. I mean. Like I said, I love domestic spending, and he'll probably be an underneath play. I'm not sure he, that he's going to be fit. I mean, granted, he's like working really well. I don't know if he's going to be a win play for me. I think I'm definitely going to play him underneath just because of how good he was. I mean, Howard and I watched him race, losing the two Emmys, which we that's a that's a story for a different day. But you had I to mean, bring that up, man. I know, I know. I 
What a joke that <laughs> race was. That yeah. cost me the cross country pick five. Oh, I thought I, I had remember it locked that. up. I actually remember that, Pete. Yeah. I had it locked um, up, I thought. <laughs> guys, I'm going to move things along a little bit. Uh, there, the QE2 is a race that we're going to talk about tomorrow with Davey Lane, and we'll talk about next week. That was run um, you know, about a, month, a few weeks ago when uh, Jadumi went to the lead, who's in uh, – actually not in this race. Excuse me. Jadumi's not in this race. Um, he was the he was on the lead. I remember Bayside Boy just came out of the clouds and won. And Bayside Boy is running back quick, but in this race, along with Modern Games, Ken Ross is also a closer. It looks like the best Euros here are closers, which is what it usually is. Um, I don't see a, a crazy amount of early speed. This is a this be very interesting race. Um, Regal Glory is a is an entry for uh, for Chad, who I've been a little bit disappointed with. Um, you got Ivar, who's done absolutely nothing wrong, just hasn't been able to win. It's, it's a real nice race, guys. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I, I think it's going to be a spread. Modern games, you think Paul will be the favorite as we go on to the next race? What's, what's Who's going to be the post-time favorite at Paul? I, I hope not, because I love modern games in this race. Do absolutely. You? Okay. Yeah. And and I, I, I love them especially against Ken Ross. Okay. This race, and I know it's only one furlong and the Euros can stretch out, but this race, historically, you want to have a mile specialist, and that is Modern Games. So okay. Modern Games, I assume, will be the favorite just because he's been here, the people yeah. know him, and they yeah. know Appleby, yeah. and Ken Ross, is, Ken Ross isn't as well-known. Beckett's not as well-known to the U.S. betters. So I think Modern Games definitely is the favorite. By the way, in Opa did is confirming supposedly Golden Pal's not going to Australia. So um, that rumor was another, was another not, misstep for Uncle Howie, who's not having a shop. <laughs> that rumor was not like from last summer. Just want to say they were talking about that over the summer. But anyway, okay, uh, let's move right. on, guys. Distaff, right? Yep. Okay. Yes. Guys, you know, sometimes we, we've been poo-pooing small fields, you know, all year long. And rightly so, because some of these field sizes in these, some of these um, – really big stake race have been crazy this is a seven horse field you know what guys that is all you need this race is absolutely fantastic every single player that you want in this race is in it blue stripe clarier Malthot, nest uh search results secret oath it will be the longest shot in this uh, field i would think society um kyle you're gonna go first i mean I'm not sure I can remember a Breeders' Cup race where literally the top six or seven horses in that division are all battling. This is going to be a war. Oh, absolutely. And, again, everyone's going to be high on the two Chads. I mean, I love Nest. I think she's the most, I mean, arguably the most talented in this group. That's probably who I'll ride through. But, I mean, everyone's talking about Maltha. I mean, if Clarier runs back to what she ran during the summer – how is she not a player in this race? I mean, people are going to give her five, six to one. I mean, that's Pete's boy. Don't, don't let you or girl. girl, excuse me, girl, girl. No, I mean, I, I love Clarier to catch a piece in this race, especially at the price she's going to be as opposed to Malathot. I mean, they run the same style in Clarier and Malathot. I mean, Clarier's beat her twice in the past. I mean, at the price, it looks pretty, pretty nice to me. Is her is her tongue healed, Pete? What have you heard? I, have you that's texting, the hope. Well, have you she's texting Clarier. How is she feeling? She, she's feeling good. So she right. had a beautiful work to. I mean, that fifty nine and four work to back yeah. is 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 showing that she's she's back and hopefully. I mean, maybe the best thing that happened was throwing in that clunker. If you're a better of Clarier, because now you're going to get a price because she would have been lower 
than Malith out if she ran well there. Yeah, Blue Stripe worked monster work today. So, okay, and that's a that's that. a pretty solid horse too. I just think this race is great, and I think Society's the sleeper because Society is the one that could get away from this field a little bit. Um, so I like that one. I've not heard that but... from Jim, by the way. I, I've not heard that. Um, I'm not saying Jim is incorrect. I just. I think heard, have you ever heard that? I, Malathat has. I think Malathat in the recent work out worked her okay. and has and has done that. I think relatively consistently, from what I understand, when they work wow. together. So, okay. but but maybe Nest is just Nest is one of those ones who puts it together when she hits the when the lights yeah. are on. So I, I I agree with you. I think this race is phenomenal. I don't know what else you could ask for, Paul. Um, I think. Is a highly winner. I loved Malathat uh, uh, the last two times, actually, uh, including when she beat her. Um, Pete, only because you're a stat guy, Pete, I'm going to give you this. Uh, oh, and I'm very against Secret Oath, but I know I, I won't be alone in that. Uh, in the history of this race, Pete, the winner has come off a shop prep race, and that's defined as finishing in the top three or within four lengths of the win. 37 out of 38 times. Wow. So historically, you do not want to come off a clunker for whatever it's worth. I know you're a stat guy. No, I mean, that, that that's worthwhile. Because, I mean, but again, you always have to figure, too, that they're they're generally not coming off clunkers, the top ones. And Correct. Clary Ayers was just a – that was just a weird circumstance. Yeah. So it's almost like – that yep. was almost like a non-race. But, I mean – She it, was also very – uh, and the comment is, is she was uh, a bad actress around the gate. And well, that's where she she, the she she bit her tongue apparently when she yeah, hit her right, head yeah. on the gate, and so if that was all true, and again, you never know what affected the horse, but that race, remember we watched what did we watch that one live, Howard? I can't remember. I think we did. Yeah, right? I was we there. Like, I was I was really live. Well, no, actually, yes. that was that was uh, when we were at the uh, the OTB event at Hawthorne. That was uh, that was yeah. Trevor's race. Yeah, and you're sitting there going, "What the oh, hell is right. this? This horse, this is right. wild," because she was just right. in the back. But yeah, I'm like, that's a great stat though. Remember, I remember uh, society. Rosario riding everyone like ripped on Rosario without even knowing the story. Um, guys, I, I sort of mentioned society a few times the last few weeks. I don't know. I think search results at some point is just going to put too much pressure on society. But if the track is playing speed favoring, society is going to be very fascinating. And I'm, I'm very curious to see what odds you get in society. I have a weird feeling, Pete, that society is going to be like lower than Clarier. Sure. I don't know why, but it just, just a gut feeling. Um, blue. I don't. I don't want to talk more about this race. It's a great race. I lean to Malathat right now, depending on the price. It's going to be something special, guys. Yeah. Uh, we got two more races to talk about. We have the turf, and of course, uh, the classic. Let's talk about the turf, guys. In general, um, the turf. We've seen some very, very good Euros come over. We've also had years where not the best Euros come over. This year, absolutely, the Euros that are coming over. Jeez, I don't know. I, I tweeted this out, guys, that this is a very weird race to me because the Americans just frankly are not that good. I'm sorry. And Warlike Goddess, I, if people love her, okay, fine. Um, but you know what? The Euros, this is not their – these are like their third string Euros coming over. I, I don't know, guys. This is a very tricky race as I go ahead and bring it up on the screen. Um, Paul, I'll let you go first. I mean, you've got Rebels Romance – who's probably the favorite, I'm assuming, Pete, for Appleby. He's also got Nation's yep. Pride, who's uh, won here in the States. Rebels Romance has done his dirty work in Germany. 
Um, you got you got my son Mishraf, but he's not in great form. I'm not sure a mile and a half is his best distance. The overall thoughts, Paul. There are a lot of euros in here. I'm just not sure I love any of them. Well, I hear you, Howard, as far as the quality, but I I think it's highly likely that a euro wins this race uh, because because let's talk about the U.S. horses who they have to beat. Channel Maker is, you know. I guess always a wire to wire threat, but it would be a shock. Um, uh, Wall Light Goddess is going to take a lot of money trying to beat yeah. the boys. That is yeah. a she. I do know that much. Yes. Um, the one thing I will tell you, Pete, and I, and I don't want to get hung up on stats, but um, six year olds and up do not win this race. Oh, for 49. That is wow. one stat I will. If a six year old or up wins this race, I could tell you. Now, they've been on the board 12 times. So there are four seconds and eight thirds. But if you want to look at Broom for our friend Aiden O'Brien, uh, Channel Maker at age eight, good luck with him. Uh, Masterpiece, age six, I, 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 you can have all of those horses. I, again, Howard, I think with a stronger Euro contingent, uh, Nation's Pride might not be, uh, um, not Nation's Pride. Who am I talking about here? Yes, Nation's Pride. He might not be. Uh, I might not like him as much as I do, but with the not the strongest Euro contingent and the fact that I think a Euro is going to win and the eight European three-year-olds have won this race and that the horse has run very well in America and the horse has been in America since the beginning of July and has not traveled back and forth, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all Appleby here. A very important point. We're going to talk about this with Davey Lane. You got to see who, who's booked or who's riding which horse because William Buick, I'm sure, is coming over. He's first call for Appleby. I'm very interested to see if he's going to be on Rebels Romance or Nation's Pride. Personally, guys, I'm going to definitely upgrade the one that uh, William Buick is on. I just want to throw that out there. And he's been on Nation's Pride, I think, here at Saratoga. So I, my guess is he'd be on Nation's Pride, but I'm not sure. Um, I don't like Aiden O'Brien's at all coming over here. I think there's coming over just to come over. I don't like Stone Age or. Uh, Broom, Kyle, your thoughts here in this race. Kyle, muted. Yep, I'm. Uh, I'm in 100% agreement. I actually really love Nations Pride in this type of race. Like, right. I mean, for all the reasons we touched on. I mean, weak, weaker Euros. Not. I mean, like Paul said, there's not too much US that he has to beat here. I'm. I'm in full agreement. Pete. I don't have a lean yet with any conviction, I should say. I, I feel like this is one where, and it's good because you're leading into the flight line race. So you're, you're hoping yeah. to get a price here. And I think this is one where you can, because I do think Nation's Pride is really good and it's Appleby, which is great. And Rebels Romance, though, hasn't been running against the, the greatest of company. So I think they're beatable. Nation's Pride hasn't come over here and he's beaten, like that last race, he beat a very weak field. It looks impressive very on paper, weak. but that field was awful. awful. And so... <laughs> I, I think that they'll be he the favorite. He did beat Annapolis to start back, just let everyone know. But Annapolis is much better now than he was then. And I think wasn't that? I, I apologize, I don't remember. Wasn't that? And that was going longer, right? That was going yes. a mile yes. and three sixteenths. But I don't think it is Annapolis's game. I think Annapolis no. is a little better going shorter. So I think that makes good sense. Point. And I, I mean, I think Nation's Pride's very good. It's just I don't think he's great. So I don't think he's unbeatable. And I think this is the one where you could yeah. just get lucky and Highland Chief is good. Gold Phoenix can run from off the pace if we can get like bye bye Melvin is speed channel maker. Hopefully he shows some speed. 
Virginia, uh, Virginia Joy, I guess, won't be here. Broom but there's a speed also. Broom has a little bit of speed. Yeah. So if we can get a little pace up front, maybe this one just goes to hell and we can get a bomb on here on here. You just have to go deep in your <laughs> I'm chuckling at Paul's broom has speed, a little little smirking back there, Paul. Uh, listen, guys, uh, we'll talk about this next week. I just Paul, the reason why I brought up the Euro, I think Euro is gonna win. I agree with you. But I don't think they like lay over the Americans in this just because there isn't a Euro that really blows me away. If Mishrif is a hundred percent and at his best, Mishrif wins this race by four lengths. But Mishrif is not as good as he used to be, and a mile and a half is not his best distance. So I don't know where I'm going to go. I guess Nation's Pride, is he Yabir 2.0? I don't – my gut feeling tells me he's not as good as Yabir was last year. But maybe he doesn't have to be Pete, Paul, and Kyle. I don't know. I don't have a strong feel either. i got to do some more deep diving. I'm fascinated to see what Davey Lane uh, says. Uh, guys, In the before we get to the classic here, and we're going to talk about this for the BCBC – there's me big doubles, big doubles from this race, this race into flight line. Any guess as who's going to be the lowest double, you know, into flight line? I, I guess you could say it's the more, it's the post time favorite, but I mean, who is going to be the post time favorite in, in the turf? I mean, I Any assume the, the, the two Applebee's will be within the same range of each other, right? You probably not Nation's less than probably. five to two, like three to one's the, favorite right probably yeah no i i assume so paul i don't know kyle what do yeah you guys think? I, I, yeah i agree with that but i do think well like goddess is going to take some because i think of the u.s horses yeah of the u.s horses i think unquestionably she is the most likely winner paul i think more like goddess could be second choice in this race i really i do. i i would I, she is in really good form and she you is. know if you want to just look at speed figures She's got three triple-digit buyers, and I talked about Nation's Pride being here since July, has yeah. none. So now Nation's Pride as a three-year-old obviously has a chance to keep moving forward. Take a look at your beer last year. I think your beer was sub-100s, then exploded like a 106. I just want to yeah. – so you're exactly right. These three-year-olds can definitely uh, step up. All right, guys, this is a big one. Um, it's the one that a lot of people have been waiting for. It lasts several months, and, and this is the, the premier race of the entire weekend, although there's so many good ones. As I bring up the small but select field, guys, obviously there's there's $6 million on the line, but I think it's fair to say a lot of connections just don't want to face flight line, and it's hard to uh, you know blame them, although second place you get, what, $1.2 million. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, Pete, we're going to let you go first. Any horses in here that you're surprised – that are in or not in any general thoughts? Not at all in terms of the field. I think the field came up exactly what you would expect. I think the ones that didn't come, I think make sense. And I think the ones that are here, uh, they all make sense. I mean, maybe not to beat flight line, but they make sense. If you threw flight line out of this race, this is a, a pretty fun, pretty evenly matched classic, I think. So I think everyone makes sense. I think they're in the right place. And we just have to see if any of them can contend with flight line, which most likely not. But I think fighting for second is going to be wild in this one. I mean, I have my leans, but the the, the fight for second should be fun. I mean, Olympiad just on resume alone could be a, you know, a top two, three choice in a regular classic. And he's going to be what? One, two, three, four, five, fifth choice, probably sixth choice, maybe. <laughs> so I think yeah. this field is fun. It's deep. There's no garbage in it. So you don't have any like bad horse. You don't have a horse that's just going to run up the track or run out and try and get the lead 
lead when they shouldn't be out there. It's a yeah. really great field. Guys, do you know who uh, who was who's been who has finished closest to flight line in the last like six months? Anyone know? It's Happy Saver. Happy yeah. Saver, right? Yeah. It's gonna be the longest shot on the board in this race. I just want I'm not saying I'm not saying Happy Saver is gonna win. I just want to point out what you're saying, Pete, sort of the depth of the field after flight line and or life is good is is, is you know, depending on how you feel about him. Um, Paul, we're, we got plenty of time to handicap this race. Uh, your general thoughts. Is this for horse of the year? It, it, I, I'll throw out one question, Paul, because uh, I heard about this earlier today. If Flightline does not win this race, is the winner of this race automatically horse of the year? Well, not if it's Happy Saver, for example. Okay, <laughs> realistically. Um, I would say if it's one of uh, of the logicals, Epicenter, uh if table uh, wins, is good. Is table, table. Horse of the year, table wins. Well, I got to tell you, Howard, I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm really have warmed up to Tabor. I'll talk more about it. I, I was not okay. a Tabor fan, uh, okay. and I watched him run in person in Pennsylvania. And uh, you know, again, I don't like having a flight like a horse like flight line in the last leg of all these picks. We talked about that already. Um, there are factors though. He looks like he shipped fine. He looked great on the track this morning. However, it is it is a ship. Uh, it is his first time at this track. He he is lightly raced. I think we've talked about that in the past. I'm not sure if that's ever come up, but he is lightly raced. Uh, I have a couple of thoughts. I have a couple of thoughts on this race. One, three year olds do extremely well. Thirteen wins, fifteen seconds, twelve thirds. I always start looking for the best three year old, and I think you have two outstanding options this year in epicenter and table. That's number one. Uh, number two is I've heard a lot of talk about the way the race is going to be run. Life is good. Can't win. And that's valid due to the fact, you know, he wants to go flight lines, not going to let him go and all that. Let me tell you something folks at five forty-three, a week from Saturday, if, if life is good as in the winner's circle, no one should need any oxygen because they're passed out. This is a serious, serious, serious racehorse. Okay. <laughs> Ironically, uh, only one of the he got beat twice, once in the World Cup and once when Mike Smith gave him a very questionable ride at, at Saratoga in the H. Allen Jerkins. And ironically, Jackie's Warrior picked him up. So this look at if Flightline walks over this race, then you know, and again, he's obviously an A and you know, if if I had to play a caveman, would he be a single for me? I, I don't think so. I want to be able to hit it without him because I think it blows it up. So, and I agree with that last comment. I don't know if Epicenter is going to be quite good enough, but I'll tell you what, Epicenter, you go find me the bad race on the page. I'll give you till tomorrow night when we come back on the air. It doesn't <laughs> exist. By the way, Roshan said that Epicenter can't, a flight line can't touch Epicenter. Roshan, I love you, and I'm glad. All right, Roshan, bring it. But, I love it. But that's a little, that's a little uh, off the reservation. I don't know about that, but Epicenter is very good. Uh, Kyle, your thoughts here? I mean, Paul took it right out of my mouth. That was going to be my one comment is people are acting like if life is good, somehow wins this race, it's going to be the shock of all shocks because it doesn't set up well for him. I mean, it's life is good. He's a serious racehorse. He's done pretty much nothing wrong on paper, like Paul said. I mean, 
like it's not going to be the shock of the world just because the race doesn't set up for him. However, I do think that in the way it looks on paper, I think it's going to be if Flightline wins, it's going to be someone coming from the back to pick up the pieces. That's just the way it looks on paper, and that's the way I see it. Yeah, no, I would, I would. To, for me, I'm tossing life is good from any horizontals. I, I don't think I'm going to have him in anything. So if he wins, great, but then I'm probably going to lose. But uh, he's, a, he's going to, I'm going to toss him. I'm going to ride just three, probably three horses, and that's it. Guys, we got plenty of time to talk this race. I'll just say this. Um, I, I, I'm sort of leaning a bit in Paul's camp right now. I, just because life is good ran slower last time in the slop when he wasn't cranked up. Paul, there is no doubt in my mind, and I've seen life is good in person. I've seen Flightline in person. There is no doubt in my mind that two things are going to happen. Life is good is going to be very fast throughout the race, and he's going to run a great race. Does that mean he's going to be good enough? I don't know. But Flightline has never faced, ever, anyone close to life is good. And life is good, actually, I, he faced Nick's go, but Nick's go was, was not great in that Pegasus. Neither one of these horses have really faced a kind of horse that they're facing. So this is not a bad speaker's corner that Flightline has to go by. I mean, Flightline is going to get tested. Now, he might win by 10, and in a way, guys, I hope he does and just, you know, one of the best horses we've ever seen ever and runs Secretary race. But life is good is not just going to fold the 10, guys. I, this is going to be absolutely fascinating, and there are a lot of really good horses that could pick up the pieces. Before we end the show, I'd be remiss again. And really, thanks to everyone for watching. We've had tremendous viewership. Hundred, hundred watching That's right now, Howard. One hundred. Unbelievable. No, actually more. That's just on YouTube, Paul. There's more people watching on Twitter and other places, I guarantee you. That's just a YouTube number right there. Um, okay. We got Good. tomorrow, again, if you're listening to this later on as a, as a replay, these some of these shows might have already happened. But tomorrow live. 5 p.m. Eastern, a fantastic preview with our good friend Davey Lane um, talking about the Euros. Then, uh, everyone's going to have a great weekend. Next Monday, an hour earlier than normal, 7 p.m. Eastern, the four of us will be back, everyone who's on the show, to talk about post positions and how that might affect the race. Then I'm going to release a tape show on Monday. It's not live. I'm doing a show with Marshall Graham and Matt Miller just about the BCBC Live Money Contest and about cost play uh, in general. Then next Tuesday and Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, the previews of the Friday and Saturday cards of Breeders' Cup. We're going to deep dive. Uh, we're going to show replays, uh, go, through the uh, go through the past performances. And then this Thursday night uh, with the four of us, although I'm only going to be on for a small part because uh, you don't need me to be on next uh, tomorrow night, uh, Thursday, we're going to talk about the San Anita Late Pick 5 um, and stakes, and also we have Jim Miller on from Hawthorne as well to talk about some great races at Hawthorne, and also we'll talk about Stable Duel. So anyway, guys, we got a lot going on. We've already promoted everything we need to. Uh, I really appreciate all you guys on. Anyone anyway, have a quick thought before we wrap about about uh, today's uh, or anything else coming up uh, this week? No, we sleep is sleep <laughs> is overrated. <laughs> I agree. Uh, listen. Uh, it's been fantastic. It's been episode 196 of the HHH Racing Podcast for my wonderful co-host, Pete Visco, Paul Halloran, Kyle Roscoe. Thanks for watching. We look forward to seeing you over the next several days and especially tomorrow, 5 o'clock Eastern, going in detail 
through the Euros with Davey Lane. Have a great night, everyone. Thanks for watching. Good night.